What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Police Off the Cuff After Hours. My name is Mark DeMeo. I'm your host. Um, it's an honor and a, pl- uh, a privilege to have my my uh, my guest in here tonight. Uh, we go way back. We work together as detectives in the detective training unit. Um, he's a 30-year veteran. He's retired NYPD detective. He's a professor now at John Jay College of Criminal Justice, and he's also a frequent Fox News contributor as well as other news stations as well. My friend, Mike Alcazar, how are you doing? What's up, Mayo? Nice to have me here. <laughs> <laughs> are you still in uh, in New York? No, I moved to Pennsylvania. Oh, you did? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. How do you like it? I love it. I, I escaped from New York. Um, you know, it's uh, pension friendly. Uh, you get more for your money. The people are so much nicer over here. So, uh huh. Are you in like a town, a rural area? No, I'm in. I'm in Doylestown. They're kind of like trying to be like hipsterish. So they want to try to be like Brooklyn, which is kind of cool because they have a lot of restaurants. Uh huh. But um, it's they're not as cool as Brooklyn or New York. So they try. Not as cool as Scranton. Say again. Not as cool as Scranton, Pennsylvania. <laughs> yeah, no, those are those are roughnecks over there. That's a special, yeah, that's a special breed of people over there. Yeah, Pennsylvania is uh, huge. Yeah, yeah, there all these states are huge, man. I remember one time I booked a show uh, in New Jersey, and then I, for some reason, somebody, uh, you know, they asked me if I, another person asked me if I was available that same night. So I figured, oh, this is an early one. I'll be done, you know here i can just shoot over there right but yeah it's in jersey how far could it be it was like an hour and a half away man i just <laughs> I, I i blew the whole thing up man it was a, a dumb dumb thing to do and I, le- I learned my lesson um you know it's it's a it's great having you here i want to tell a little history about us but uh before i do i want to say hello to the people in the chat do you see the comment section over there mike uh i don't i'm on the phone so. oh you're on the phone okay yeah sometimes they'll have uh, i'll read you the questions if anybody has okay. any questions um later on but let's say hello to his fed larson he's from denmark uh, denmark he's reporting oh, cool. in wow you got yeah. fans everywhere yeah this is pretty cool he's probably tuning in to uh, to see bill he's wondering what where bill is right now <laughs> yeah actually bill had a had a surgery and um we text the other day. He's he's, he's in discomfort, uh, but uh, yeah. well, he's healing up, so that's good. I'm happy that that everything went okay. Yeah, I saw his post. Yeah, yeah. Um, sucks getting old. What can he What can he do? Uh, Milwaukee's uh, civilian is in the house. Mark, I think it's really brave of you to do a show with your partner doing a special month of Pride. Yeah, listen, <laughs> like I said, we go way back. <laughs> Um, got some funny fans, man. Yeah, yeah. Milwaukee, <laughs> Milwaukee civilian always has a couple of good ones. Ruth Ann Griffin, hello. <laughs> London girl, Kathy Bates, Pauline Buckles, Wiles Pony. Uh, let's see who else we got here. Antonia, is that what I read it right? Kim Alliston, Lorna McKenzie, Spirit of 76, Chazzy Chaz, R- Raquel Pranzo. Um, did you do you know her her husband Peter Pranzo? He, he must I know like I know of him. I'm sure I ran into him on the job, but uh, uh, I I don't think I, I don't know. I'm not really I don't really remember. You had like 30 years on the job, right? Yeah, yeah. He looks so young. 
Thank you. You're still <laughs> holding it together, man. 30 years, man. That's uh that's a long time. You did 10 more than me, man. This yeah, would have been my I mean, 30th year right now. Yeah. Yeah. And the key is when I tell my students and like young cops, you gotta move around and do a lot of different assignments and then it just mm -hmm. flies, you know? Yeah, that's the one good thing, the benefit. The biggest benefit of uh, being an NYPD police officer is how big the department is and how many different um, units and tracks you can go down, being a boss, being an investigator. You yeah. know, there's just so many interesting things to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just uh, the job, like you said, you could, you, could, you could do 30 years on it and still learn more. Oh, for sure. For sure. You know, I know everybody's tuning in right now, and um, they probably want to. There was another mass shooting today in the, um, in Maryland. I don't know whether it's a disgruntled employee. He he uh, went to this uh, warehouse. It was a, a manufacturing facility in Smithburg, and uh, he opened fire there. I think he killed at least three people. I think and he, he shot into, a police officer too. Yeah, he got into a shootout with. Uh, a, sh a, a sheriff yeah and they both got hit yeah um, it's just you know it's hard to keep up with these mass shootings now it's insane it's uh, insane it's, it's like how do you how there's a new one every day now i mean part of it obviously is the fact that we're getting more news than we ever got you know what i'm saying yeah. because we have so many outlets now and uh it's we're getting it minute to minute like you might not have Maybe you would have heard this uh, in the nightly news at 11 o'clock back in the day when we were growing up, vaguely. Yeah. yeah. This is a story that might not have made it all the way over here. Yeah. That's what I'm afraid of. I think it's spawning like a lot of um, copycats. You know, these guys want to be in the news, like you said. They, they want their, their, their few minutes of fame. And 10% you know, of the nation are psychopaths, and they're just waiting to get on television. So... Yeah, and it's it's when you hear mass shooting, oh, obviously we're we're still so distraught over uh, over the school shooting, and uh, but this wasn't a school shooting. This is another type of mass shooting. This is oh, it seems like a workplace mass shooting, um, and uh, they have it uh, three dead, one hurt shooting after uh, Smithburg manufacturing facility and now with twitter we get to see atf is on board atf special agents are responding to assist our partners in a washington county sheriff's office with the shooting incident in smithburg maryland where um, there are multiple victims also too joining them is um the atf so everybody's on board with this investigation we're going to find out some stuff I would imagine it's already probably out there while we're talking right now, but it's yeah, just crazy, sure. man. Yeah. What do you guys? What do you talk to the kids about this kind of stuff? Do you still have? Um, do you still have students that want to become cops? Yes, but they're a little <laughs> they, bit hesitant. Um, they should fail the psychological just on that. <laughs> you know what's? You know what's funny? A lot of kids are failing the psychological. I don't know what's going on. Have you heard that? There's no. like a lawsuit against like the psychiatrists because they're just failing everybody. That not all these kids can be, you know, have issues. They're just I don't know what's going on. They're just well, it depends on what the the curve that you're. Um, you know, these kids are readily sitting with. Like for example, when we were growing up, you didn't tell nobody if you if you were depressed or anything like that. That was just something you kept to yourself. Um, 
But now the first thing that people tell you when they meet you is like, hey, what's up, man? I'm bipolar. I, you know, like right off the bat, I'm on, you know, uh, Clomid, uh, beta blockers, <laughs> all this stuff. You know, you, you learn this information like within yeah. seconds about people. So if you're sitting down there right now and you're going to talk to a psychologist or, or a psychiatrist from the NYPD, yeah. and that's, the you know, th those are right off the bat. Those are things that you're going to click off. No, 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 no. Yeah, but shouldn't they be? Shouldn't the psychiatrist, psychologists be used to that already? They should be used to this generation when they're interviewing them. No. Yeah, yeah. This and the bad thing is, sometimes they don't even tell them why they're put on like um, psych review, right? It could be because of lack of medical records. It could be something as simple as that. They, they don't tell the the you know the recruits anything, and then these poor kids go home thinking, oh my god, there's something wrong with me, you know? And it's not. They just mm -hmm. forgot to submit medical records, so it's not fair. Yeah, they should definitely let them know about that. Yeah, so a lot of my kids, uh, a lot of my students, they were supposed to go in the April class, mm -hmm. all right? This April, they turned it down. They just, they weren't feeling it, you know? Uh, I think a little bit of apprehension. They're a little bit nervous. I have some students that want to be police officers, but they say, yeah, but I want to police in like a safer area. And then I, mm -hmm. and then I tell them, yeah, maybe policing's not for you. <laughs> yeah, my daughter was telling me about two girls that she graduated with that went on to be Suffolk County cops now. Nice. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm happy that my, neither one of my kids had an interest in law enforcement, but um, that I mean, that's a place where you want to go. <laughs> um, yeah. Suffolk County. Like if you're going to be a right. cop, if you're not from the, you know, uh, from New York state folks, uh, Suffolk County is like uh, Long Island over here. And the Suffolk County is, is they get how, how much do they get paid now? I think it's like 140,000. To start, I think it's ninety nine thousand to start. Is it? Yeah. I, I know. I know. Suffolk County cops and Nassau County cops. He's got to make like over two hundred grand. Those are police officers. That's, oh, wait, that's pretty wrong. amazing. I think it's a million dollars to start. <laughs> 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 but they also get to do all those cool details, like uh, guard the mansions and stuff like that. Yeah. Because you know, like if you if you live out there in Suffolk County and you're working out there, why not? Um, you know, just on the weekends, do a uh, private security work and watch these people's Hamptons houses. Sure. Have access to everything, you know. And uh, while they're away, you just chill. Make sure nobody, yeah. uh, only person drinking all the, the champagne will be me. Yeah, a lot of them go past 20 also, you know, because it's just, it's just good money. Of course. Of course. You would never leave that. Yeah. So what what what's your what do you think about this uh this gun control thing? I mean this uh Holcomb she passed some stuff this uh and me and yeah. Ezra were talking about it on Monday. None of it sounds like too controversial. It was like uh, wait till you're 21 to get a uh, um a firearm which we both agreed sound reasonable. What do you think? Yeah. Well, it's really not fair for guys like us that are from New York or grew up in the city to like I don't think I could, should be able to speak on it. We don't come from a, what I call a gun culture, like guys in Texas, my mm -hmm. friends in North Carolina, South Carolina, mm -hmm. New Mexico. They grew up with us, Tennessee. That's just the way of life for them, and it's normal for them. You and me, we could, we've gone through our whole lives, well, except we're cops, but for the most part, we grew up without guns, right? Mm -hmm. So I definitely agree that they should raise the age. Um, yeah, they should definitely do a better background checks, maybe help. Maybe people should, they should check how people secure their weapons. I think that's a big part of it. You get the gun, like, you know what a pain in the ass they are with us when, we're, when we have our guns, how to secure it, make sure it's in a safe. 
they don't do that with civilians. And then somebody can just break in or maybe a, maybe the kid had a bad day. They say, oh, I'll just grab dad's gun or my uncle's gun. And that's a problem where they don't secure the weapon. So I think they have to put those in place, something like that, you know, just to keep it more safe. It's fine. You get the gun. You got it the right way. But then if you don't secure it, you know, that could be an issue. So. Yeah. But I, uh, you know what? Remember when we used to um, both uh, the two of us had a wonderful time putting together and being part of the uh, the Detective Bureau, NYPD Detective Bureau Homicide Investigative Course, which was a two week course. And, um, you know, during the two week course, uh, if you were lucky enough to attend it, Plus, we had detectives from all over the country, investigators from all over the country come. Yes. If you were lucky enough to attend it, you had a chance to see some incredible speakers, masters, yeah. masters in there. And um, I just want to give a, uh, a memorial to uh, Dr. Charles Hirsch. W wasn't he a gentleman? That guy was the best. And he was hilarious. That guy did the best presentations. He's funny. He's got like that dry sense of humor. Mm -hmm. But what timing that man had. That guy, that guy's a legend. He used to crack it open. I remember when I I, I, I would host it. If I was doing yes. it, I, I was I would host it, and then he would always be our first speaker. Yeah. And he'd go up into the room, and right now, you know, these investigators that are coming in from all over the country, this is their first day. They don't really know how to act, like how they're going to act, whatever. Yeah, they're a little stiff. They're also could be a little loud at first, you know. Sure. And he'd come up, Doctor Hirsch. And he would he would have a very low key. Like he didn't he didn't try to get grab everybody's attention and go, all right, everybody quiet down, you know, like a like a teacher in school, you know, okay, everybody quiet down. I'm gonna start now. He would just go up to the podium with his notes and he would just start. Yeah. And he would talk at a very low key. And yeah. at the end of that first sentence, there was a really good joke there. <laughs> and everybody in the audience kind of the people that were listening would get the joke and they would laugh. Right. And then the other people would be like, oh, I just missed a, a joke. So they would quiet down. Sure. And then from that point on, he had him in the palm of their hand. And he would, like yeah. you said, he was funny. It was a real dry wit. Yeah. And, um, you know, yeah, they had to pay attention. They had to hang on to his words. They didn't want yeah. to miss it. Yeah. He was actually a uh, Baltimore. Uh, wasn't he in Baltimore, the chief medical examiner, or was it Chicago? What really bad area, a lot of homicides, and then he came here. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, what, what a great, great man. He was one. Yeah, he, he was, was uh, once again Ch Dr. Charles Hurst. Fantastic He's, man. And then we also had the pleasure of uh, working with uh, Mike Sheehan. Oh, yeah. Uh, he was a great uh, detective on our job, homicide detective, and he was also on Fox News, uh, Channel Five News here in New York City. One more time for yeah. that picture. And he's yeah, Mike, he was this as well. Yeah, he was a good man. We had him. We had him at still presenting, you know, and he never told us he had cancer. He just came, mm -hmm. did the show, left, had a couple of drinks after the presentation. Uh, he never he never told us what was going on, his condition. Mm -hmm. He was a gentleman. He was a, another legend. Well, I, tell, I totally respect that. That's the tough way to go. If, if I yeah. had it, everybody would know. You and me both. Yeah, I'm gonna get free <laughs> shit. I'm gonna get free shit until I go out. Yeah, man. You know, I got this cancer, man. So uh, <laughs> you, you, might, you might pick it up this tap of these this, this round of drinks and dinner we just had. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna milk it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going out kicking and screaming. <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, yeah, that was a wonderful thing that uh, that homicide course to be part of.
Yeah, we got to meet a lot of great people. Awesome, awesome people. Which brings up my point. I remember, um, you know, we had um, uh, FBI. What do they call them? Um, uh, profilers. Remember? Sure. The one female profile that we had. Yeah. Um, I forget her name right now. Oh God, Mary, Mary, something. Mary O'Toole, right? Mary O'Toole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Another legend. We got yeah, to yeah. work with so many good people. Mary yeah, O'Toole, Mar Mary Ellen, Mary, Mary Ellen O'Toole. Yeah, Mary Ellen O'Toole. And she, um, she was a profile for the FBI. And one of the things that I found interesting was that they, obviously now we know because we watch Netflix and stuff, but the FBI goes, uh, if there's a serial killer that's still alive, they'll get it. They'll try and get an opportunity to interview them. And they ask them all kind of sort of the same questions. So then this way they can form, uh, you know, probably find out what it, what is it that, you know, these, they have in common, these serial killers, you know what I'm right. saying? Maybe we can, you know, get ahead of it and thwart it, whatever. So I'm thinking, I'm wondering if um, these school shooters, these kids, I wonder if they're, they're being evaluated in the same way because, I wouldn't be surprised if if they all had one thing in common. That's uh, playing these first person shooter games, where they learn how to, um, you know, uh, work with sights, and they learn how to uh, shoot off a scope, and they learn the difference between um, oh, different firearms and stuff like that. And then I guess it's uh, that's just my theory. Yeah, I think I read somewhere they already have like some kind of statistics on these uh, mass shooters. Uh, first of all, the locations they target. The ages, right? The the gender usually male. Um, but I just saw something on the news regarding what you just said regarding people that play, you know, first person shooters. First person shooters are available all over the world, and it just doesn't happen all over the world. It just happens predominantly here, sadly, in the United States. So I think they're going to have to drill down a little bit further than that. Uh, I mean, do you play first shooter games? I do. No, I used to. I used yeah. to love Grand Theft Auto. I love that game. If I, yeah. I don't even play anymore because I don't have time. If I sit down, I'm going to wind up playing like I'm not going to get up. That's I just I just wasted four or five hours. I can't. And it's too complicated now, too. You got to update it. It takes like hours to update it. Pauline Buckles, like Call of Duty and Mortal Kombat, my son wasn't allowed to play those games. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good, um, you know, that's the best way to go, I would say. Yeah, maybe, maybe some, maybe some kid again. That's like the gun thing, right? Some people shouldn't have guns, but some people should have guns. Some people. Why are you gonna take away first-person shooter from some kids if they can handle it, right? Some kids just can't handle it. Again, you're just gonna have to figure it out. No, you're you gonna have, have to watch. You have to be careful. I didn't know any better. When my kids were small, I used to call my son over. I said, watch, because I had the uh, the rocket launcher. And I used, <laughs> I used to tell my kid, watch, I'm going to blow the police helicopter out of the sky. Yeah. And I'd be on the roof in GTA. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I'm sure you being a good parent, you explained to him, this is just fun and games. For him, it was fun. He turned out fine. He's What is he? He's a, he's a professional now. He's awesome. Yeah, so, you know, it's, it's all, it really, is, I think, comes down to parenting. Yeah, it's a stroke of luck, I'll tell you. <laughs> I know plenty, <laughs> you did, of, great, twice. plenty of great you people that run kids. Yeah, yeah, I know. We, I'm just, I'm, I'm. I don't know if myself. people know this about you, but you are a great dad. I don't know if you've ever talked about that, and I've always seen that, and I've always noticed that about you. You're passionate about raising your kids. You were always so proud of them. And I think that's that's so important. That's so important. That's what our kids now. We they need our support more than ever. You know. Um, yeah, I didn't have um I, I I didn't have a big family so um you know my kids are like everything to me and look there you go Lauren ah that's uh, me and Lauren yeah, how old is she <laughs> right. 
when she sees this, she's going to be so embarrassed. She's a nurse now. Yeah, I know. I know. So yeah. is my son. Where does she work? Well, don't you don't have to say it now. Tell me later. Yeah. Um, but she's uh, that's great, huh? Yeah. It's great how fast they grow. Remember when they were little, we'd bring him to the to the training unit, and we'd all like have a day of barbecuing and hanging out with the kids. And we had that uh, when the when they bought the police trucks. Yeah. And my daughter today, I saw her, and she said, "I remember when you put me on the motorcycle, and the guy took me for a ride." Yeah. I was like, "Really? I did that." That's. I, I mean, do that. I would never let let and let her do that now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was a police motorcycle, not a not a like a Harley Davidson. No. Yeah. Of like course. That. I mean, it, <laughs> I it probably was a Harley. Police motorcycles are Harleys, right? No, I know, but you know, like a biker guy. Yeah, honey, go with him. <laughs> that cop was probably a biker guy. Off duty, he's wearing a leather vest. Yeah, of course, of course. That is a that's a funny thing when they um, they're really they're in the bike gang after. Uh, it's yeah, not really. It's not a. It's a club. It's a club. Sure. Right. Yeah, it's not a gang. An association, a yeah. fraternity. But like, if you live in New York now, you're missing out on this because uh, you don't live here anymore. But we have, um, you know, they they've taken over the streets. These dirt bikes and these. Uh, well, it, it comes in different waves. First, you have like a thousand bikers, and then later on in the day, there'll be like. All these people on uh, dirt bikes and uh, quads and all this stuff, and then you'll have the motorcycle guys. It just never ends, and I don't know what happens to people. Where I guess it's empowering when you just jump into a big group like that. Um, but it's it's you know it's scary for um, you know if you're driving, you don't want to yeah. hit one of these people, you know, because uh, you're gonna get you you're gonna get fucked up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like. Uh... It's like a, almost like a gang mentality, you know. They won't do it by themselves, but when their friends are there and then more friends are there, they get more bold, you know. And, and that actually, the they, they got a cop. Remember last year or two years ago, three years ago, there was a cop. He was part of one of those motorcycle things. Yeah, he got off his bike and he punched the guy in the car and he got fired. That guy. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. So what else is going on in the chat here? Coffee girl addressing the gun issue is going to take more than actually changing laws aimed directly at guns themselves. For example, cartels, which bring guns that come here illegal. Yeah. Yeah. Coffee girl. I definitely agree with you. You know, I remember in New York City and I talked about this on Monday. We had a mandatory thing, or at least I did, where it was one year in jail if you got caught with a gun. But that's one of the things that have I, I don't know. They don't have that anymore. Like, so I don't understand, like, if you're not going to prosecute the people that are carrying these guns, then what are we doing? Why are we even having a discussion about any of it? It should be come down with some mandatory sentences. You get caught with an illegal firearm. If there's no whether one year with rounds, five years. If you shoot it, it's 10 years. If you have a ghost gun, it's life in prison right off the bat. Boom. That's it. I solved the problem. Yeah. Life in prison for a ghost gun. <laughs> yeah. Well, you want to get rid of ghost guns? You want to abolish them? You get caught with one. If you manufacture it, you get life in prison. I love I love your sentiment. I get it. I get it. And I think people get fed up. Like, look what happened to that DA in San Francisco, right? Yeah. The, the recall, he's out. We don't have that in New York. Well, we but might. Sure. There might be. This guy in New York, he's, if, if the big case happens right now in New York and he yeah. doesn't handle it well, he's going to be the next guy that's going to be out on a recall. You'll see. Yeah, I think it's unfortunately, I think it's up to the governor to uh, remove him. Uh, but yeah, I'm sure it put everybody on notice that our district attorneys. You know, the, the, you know, the progressive uh, DAs that are, you know, just failing at their mission to protect their cities. And this guy failed. This guy, um, 
what's his name, uh, Boutin, right? You know, the irony is, watch this, watch this. The, there was three cops in, um, I forget where it was right now. We talked about this on Monday. They, they, this guy jumped, a, it was a domestic violence call. They responded. They, they were talking to him really nice, these people. But this guy that they were talking to, I guess maybe he was like drunk or something, despondent. He decided to jump off the rail They're by the water, and he jumps in the water. So now I these saw three that. cops yeah. are standing there, yeah. and now they want to charge him for like not doing their job. Well, what about the prosecutor? Um, how, how, in, how in good faith can a prosecutor go and charge anybody when you're not doing your job? They bring a case before you. They tell you somebody committed a crime. You're like, yeah, I don't feel like it. I don't want to do anything about it. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's your job. Yeah. Sadly, all eyes are on the police officers. We're on heavier scrutiny, you know. Um, and I think they just want they just want to hurt the cops. There's such, so much hate for police officers, and we're held so accountable, so much more than anybody else, any other occupation, right? A doctor could screw up, a lawyer could screw up, a DA could screw up. It's okay, no one cares. But if a cop messes up, we're all painted with the same brush, you know. So it's not it's not it's tough, and I can see why we're losing police officers, why my students don't want to be police officers. I get it. I get it. Yeah, well, at least if you were going to be a police officer, then maybe you'd probably go, like, I don't know, somewhere where, like FBI, for example. Do FBI agents get killed? Yeah, but it's it's not as often, not, not even close to uh, a city cop or, uh, you know, some type of sheriff or trooper. Peter Pranz is... You probably just pissed off a lot of FBI guys. <laughs> no, but they don't get killed as often. Yeah, they're like more investigators, right? They don't. Do what I'm saying, so it's it's a little safer uh, to do FBI work if you're if you want to be a cop, go go be an FBI agent. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Okay. Try to anyway. You got to have college for that, but I think you know you have to have college. Um, some co what, what do they need right now anyway? That's always sixty good credits. Sixty credits for the NYPD. The dumbest freaking thing I ever heard of in my well, life. You well, don't need, you don't need college for to be a cop. Why? We're proof of that. I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think Adams is thinking about doing away with the the college credits because of low recruitment. You know. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sometimes he comes up with things that make sense, and sometimes he just says things that don't make sense. Like when he was saying that he's going to make. All city cops live in the five boroughs. I said, do you want cops or do you not want cops? You know, he, he, he's talking two sides of his uh, mouth. Yeah, so yeah. I think a little he, bit confusing. I, I would say he's got good intentions, but also, too, like he, he talks a lot. You know, he's not really like um, he's not really filtering out much. You know, he should because, look, he said he said that we should take uh, civilians should take pictures of police officers on their phones, uniformed police officers on their yeah. phones. But the problem is, is that uh, uniformed police officers is using department given phones for everything right now. To everything reports, yeah. as a memo book. So, yeah. of course, they're going to be on their phones. Like you'd have to be yeah. like, uh, like, a, like, I don't want to say the word, but you'd have to be like, how do you not know that? Yeah, I think he knows that. I think. But, how, but, how, but then why would you say it? I think it's a delicate balance for Adams. He wants to be pro-police. He also wants to be pro-community. So he's walking this tightrope and he wants to please both sides. And sometimes he says things that, you know, doesn't sound right. You want to stop people. You want to stop people from using their personal phones. You put a department memo out. If uh, we're sending out, you know, uh, what do they call them? Uh, ICOs to look for 
uh, officers on their personal phones. Your shoe flies Not on their per- uh, yeah on their personal phones. And if we get if we catch you, you're gonna get a rip. That's how you do it. You don't put it in the paper that I want civilians to take pictures. So now that you got some idiot standing in front of you, just taking taking pictures of you while yeah. you're you know doing your job. It does, the whole thing is just like you said. Sometimes he just does stuff that's so freaking stupid. It just blows my mind. It's tough. I do believe, I agree with you. I think he does have the best intentions, but he got gifted this horrible crime-ridden city mm-hmm. left from the previous administration for him to fix. And I mean, his first two months, people are already saying he's failing. I said, give the man a shot. I mean, time will tell. Summer's coming. We all know summer's going to be a shit show. And sadly, I think more homicides are going to happen, more shootings. And we'll see. They're, they are taking guns, right? They claim they're taking thousands of guns off the street. And I hope that helps protect uh, our community. I agree with that. I think that the people that are carrying the guns need to do some time for those guns because otherwise, what's the lesson learned? You're only going to go back and go get another gun. Yeah. Guns are not that hard to get. I don't don't know. I don't know because I don't go out and get guns, but obviously they don't look like they're that hard to get. No, not at all. They get it from other states like Pennsylvania, drive it into New York, and Mm -hmm. they have a gun. Yeah, it's crazy. Peter Pranzo, agree, Mike. Adams is trying to please both sides. Let's see what else we got here. Scott Wagner, he says, Chris Reed on SNL does the best Eric Eric Adams. He does. He really does. I don't know. I I didn't even know who that guy was until he did Adams. I was like, who's that guy? That guy's hilarious. Uh, Jamie Pimpintel, yes, Chessa Bowden got s- step one done. Next step two, get rid of George um, Carson and then uh, Gavin Newsom. So uh, Jamie's got a list of people. I, you know, uh, there there's a bunch of people that, um, you know, uh, Soros endorsed, got them in, and you know they got to be get they got to be get shown the door. That's the only yeah. way that you're going to get back. Because, look, no matter what Eric Adams does, if the judges aren't allowed to put uh, put bail on these people, keep them in. I talked about this story on Monday. There's a guy with the 48 shoplifting, right? Uh, for, I think he got a 46 shoplifting arrest in 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, he finally, they finally put him in for a little while. And he's thanking God because he had a chance to clean up. He's a heroin addict, admitted heroin addict, admitted cocaine addict. He says his body was breaking down. I'm so happy that I'm in jail. I'm going to quit. When I come out, I'm starting over. I'm never doing this again. We just gave that guy a second lease in life. And listen, do most of them come through with it? No. But otherwise, you're just going to leave these people to die in the street because that's what's going to happen. Yeah. If they're never going in, they're just going to die. Maybe Who knows? Maybe that's the plan. I, otherwise, it's, it's cute, cruel and unusual punishment. They need to come in off the streets every once in a while, get three square meals a day, you know. You talked about this before. <laughs> All the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Milwaukee civilian Gaston survived, though. Yeah, I'm surprised at that, man. That guy's a real piece of work, man. Oof. Uh, yeah, it's hard. He's, he's from California, that guy, Gaston, right? From L.A., yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. I feel bad for those people, man, dealing with that guy. <laughs> All right. So what else do we got for you here? Um, did I show you this one yet? I showed you this already. Oh, that's a great one. <laughs> and you can see Sharon in the background. Yeah, that's us at the homicide course. <laughs> Those are good times. Look at how fat time. all of us were. Dude, 
The, when you uh, retire, when everyone retires, you lose all the weight. Oh, yeah? You should have told no. me that before. <laughs> um, but that's funny because we used to get uh, – it was catered. The breakfast was catered for everybody. And it was and, the worst. Well, it was, it was donuts, any <laughs> type of pastries. I think for fruit, they gave us bananas. Bananas, some uh, fruit, yeah. Bagels, bagels, bagels. English muffin, coffee. just carbs, just carbs. All carbs and coffee. Yeah, and well, everybody was inside, you know, listening to the speaker. We'd be outside because uh, we're not going to sit through the whole speaker. You know, again, we've probably seen this guy a thousand times. So now we're sitting by the, of course, you're going to grab a donut. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? How could you not grab a donut? What kind of human being are you? For the people that attended the course, they remember well that spread for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We were packing on the pounds there. Absolutely. How about this guy? This is great, this guy, right? This is, don't you feel safe now? This is our guns are. Oh, yeah, I read about him. I don't know what that means, though. Well, he's not like, he, he's not paid. He's not a civilian member. He's just appointed. So he's like on a voluntary basis, right? But what is it, what is the job description? Did you, I mean, do you know? Did anybody uh, join? I, I think, I mean, it's nothing official, but I think he's kind of like, He's just like a somebody that the mayor can assign to talk to the community, you know, because, you know, there's a lot of distrust with the police right now. So, right. So to hire this guy or they appoint this guy to talk to the community, maybe they'll listen to him because he's he's part of the community. The problem with this guy, though, is apparently in the past, he's been taking a lot of donations and keeping it to himself and also a lot of nepotism. He's hiring his son, his daughter to these jobs, you know, so. He's not on. I, he does, it doesn't sound like he's on the up and up himself, you know. Yeah, you know, I, I I hate the fact that I'm so stupid. Like I have no business sense. I mean, look at how much money these people are making. They start up. <laughs> he started this cure or core or something like that, uh, and apparently, you know, um, some money is missing. I'm yeah. not saying this is an allegation that was there. Man about. up. He also started man up. Yeah, but like you know, um. He he's worth some money too. Like he's got his own money. He lives in a nicer place, and I'm like, I'm like, how come my brain doesn't work like that? Like it just doesn't. I think of movie plots and useless shit, jokes. <laughs> <laughs> Why can't I think of any way to make money? Damn it, it's I, not in my blood. I was think I was thinking about you the other day, just before we started this, when we we're gonna do this, and I remember how you used to every morning you would grab every newspaper and you would sit there. After your work was done, you would read it. And I know you were just getting materials and trying to figure out what you're going to do for your act. And I thought it was like a big dedication on your part. I couldn't read all the newspapers. Like You would read it cover to cover. I still do that. But I, know I use yeah. uh, my phone and I use, uh, I use different um, apps and stuff. I want to tell you something, man, since I have you here. Uh, you probably I don't know if I've ever told you this, uh, but you are responsible for pretty much changing my life at a certain point in my life you um you helped me out so much that uh, you change like i said you changed my whole life like i was in a detective squad and i was drowning like okay so when everything that i did at a certain point on the job was uh tour wise like i would work i would go and do anything you wanted me to do just as long as i could get these certain hours so i can be part of a theater company at night or do my stand-up comedy at night 
So I was looking for these certain hours, and um, I got them. I got them in the Warren squad, and yeah. I was so happy. I was working steady days. I was doing my comedy in the night. I was already in the city, so everything was just like beautiful. Like a fun. I was very very happy. And then all of a sudden, um, you know, Carrick, who was a, a what was he? He was a ch- the chief police right? commissioner. Yeah, the police commissioner, right? He he left, and he was a big fan of warrants because he was a warrant detective. And the next guy came in. I forgot who it was. It Kelly that came in afterwards. Um, he, I don't remember. He backfilled the squads again because the squads were going light with all the warrant guys, and uh, yeah. I got shipped out. And I had to go to a detective bureau. Yeah, and I know I'm like you know crying, but the detective work, the detective uh, squad was so much work. It was like it was. unbelievable. It yeah, I don't think people realize that unless they work in a squad, how insane amount of work it is. Yeah, man, the cases never stop coming in. Um, you know, yeah, re- at that point right now, you really, really have to be like, okay, this is what I'm doing. This is my life. You can't have yeah. another thing. Do you know what I'm saying? No, um, yeah. On the side to do. It's impossible. So I took the RAM, which was the robbery apprehension module, because that I could have Friday and Saturday night off and I could work during the day. And if you think about it, how stupid is that? That you get the robbery guy Friday and Saturday off when that's when most of the robberies are coming in. But <laughs> other guys, sense, you know, but listen, that's what I got, you know, to to, to do it. And um, and I was miserable, man. Every day I'd go to work, I wanted to freaking drive my car right into a bridge embutment. It was another. And when you pulled up in front of the precinct, there would be uh, if you saw the news trucks there, you knew that you were in a, the whole day was going to suck. Because yeah. now there was like a homicide in your precinct. You couldn't even work on your cases. You couldn't catch yeah. up on your cases. Yeah. So um, one day I was doing comedy at uh, what used to be the Boston Comedy Club. It was the Comedy Village. And I got done with a set. And uh, it was after the show. I was selling my DVDs at the time. I can't imagine uh, <laughs> how horrible this thing was. But uh, you came up to me. After, you were in the audience. And you were like, hey, are you on the job? And I said, yeah, yeah. I'm a, I'm a, I took you on the side. Yeah, I'm a detective. He goes, yeah, I remember you. You came to the training, uh, to the homicide course. And I said, yeah, yeah, I was at the homicide course, which, by the way, was um, I just happened. That was a stroke of luck, too, by the way. I was sitting in the squad room at the time where our PAA, Mamie, she got the call from the borough about getting um, anybody wants to go to the homicide course. I was sitting there. So I was like, I'll go. So she just put my name on it. Like my lieutenant was like, "Why would you go to the homicide course? You you're in RAM. You don't need to know about homicide. You're 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 investigating robberies and burglaries." But I went anyway. So that's how you remembered me, and I gave you one of those uh, the DVDs, and you went in turn <laughs> and you you uh, played it for Cassidy, who was the uh, the inspector now of the training unit, and he he asked you, he goes, "This guy wants to come here." And he was like, yeah. He was like, all right, so bring him over because you guys were building up. Cassidy had, was responsible for building up the training unit for Pulaski. And yeah. um, they needed bodies. But, and you know, who better than brown. somebody? It was brown at the time. Okay. All right. So they needed bodies. So who better than somebody that, um, you know, is doesn't mind public speaking, right? Sure. So um, I want to cue this up. You can just give me one second. So. Yeah, and I had put in an application to go there, and I never heard anything back. So now all of a sudden, I, was, I had this opportunity to get out of uh, the detective squad. And I didn't – listen, I didn't think it was going to be possible, but it actually happened. And uh, wait, I got, the, I got the call right here. 
Um, this was probably one of the best days of my life. I'll, tell you, I'll play it for you. Ready for this? I'm ready. I don't know if anybody hears this because I don't hear anything. <laughs> really? I can't hear it. Really? Oh, shit. Nobody can hear it? I'm not sure. I can't hear it. Damn it, man. All right. That didn't work. <laughs> uh, fuck. I don't know how to do it. That's all right. What was it? Who is it? Is it me? It's John Garvey that I used to work with. And oh. he's like, hey, I'm in Pennsylvania at Hershey Park with my kids. And he's calling me up to tell me that I got transferred. Oh, that's hilarious. Out of the detective squad uh, well, to the training unit. And I was I was so that made my weekend. That yeah. made my life. You know what? I got it here. Wait, I'll play it for you. It's just got to yeah. find it. <laughs> so you can hear it. It's uh, one of the one of the best days. Uh, fuck. Yeah, put it right on the mic off your phone. <clears throat> All right, here we go. Mayo Sanchez, Detective Third Grade, NYPD. Mayo, it's Garvey. It's the 1st of September, about 10.45 in the morning. I don't know if you know or not yet, but you got transferred, effective the 29th of August. It's in the orders. Uh, Jose was on the computer this morning, looked it up and found it. So give Rojas a call back in the house. You were transferred to the uh, training unit. So have fun with, with D.I. Cassidy. Enjoy it. I agree with you. Yeah. That's great. One of the best days of my life, man. And I, listen, that's, I've been blessed with quite a few, man, but that is so up there, man. That that's just, a, the that's a the great world. story. That's a great story. I hate to put a damper on it. Uh -huh. That wasn't me that came up to you at the show. Yes, I, don't, it I, have was. No, I have no idea what you're talking about. I'm telling you it was. It wasn't me. Yeah, I you know why it was? Because you knew Cassidy. <laughs> But I, I don't remember you going to. I don't remember you going to a show. You were a girl too. I remember her. Oh my god! It was in the village. It was in the West Village. Oh yeah. Yeah, and you came to other shows after that. I did. I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the, that was one of them. Really? That was the god. first. You know, one. it's all a fog. But if the guy that actually did it is watching it, I'm telling you right now, I'm not taking credit no, for the it. The reason I, why, I, listen, the reason why I know this for a fact is because. Um, you and Cassidy grew up together and you were good yeah. friends. Yeah. So that's that makes perfect sense. I don't know. Have you been did you have you indulged since uh, you retired? Indulge? Yeah. Smoke pot. No. No. I, I have never. So never you just did. yeah, you should go get make sure you gotta check it out. Cause listen, I have select <laughs> I have selective memories too. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, I'm this is just old. I indulge your funny. No, I'm telling you, I, I I never met that girl before in my life, sweetheart. <laughs> I don't know what she's <laughs> talking about. <laughs> but I do remember, I do remember you coming in for like an interview, and 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 Mike asked me what I thought. I said, "Well, he's a squad guy. That's mm -hmm. awesome. That's what we need. We need a squad uh, guy. Uh -huh. You know. Plus, he's got this comedy. It's it's perfect. It's a it's a perfect combination. You know. Uh, that's that's valuable. Somebody well, could talk." I'll give you another thing. Um, the the uh, that was just a formality because I used to work in a two six squad, so I knew I knew Cassidy. He was a CEO. Yeah, yeah, because he was the CEO. So alone, yeah. when I came in, it was basically like a shake hand deal just to see how each other were doing. And then in the middle yeah. of it, you came in, and then we all just kind of sort of sat there and talked. Yeah, but it's okay, man. Go back to sleep, bro. Listen, 
<laughs> How, yeah, you know, by, by the way, I also got drafted into the training unit. Uh -huh. I, I had no plans on going to the training unit. I didn't want to go there, uh, but I owed I owed him. He he put me in night watch. He put me in the squad. He put me in night watch, and then he he needed his favor. He's finally in the detective bureau, and he wanted detective squad guys to be in the training unit. Mm -hmm. So he asked me if I wanted to come. I turned it down. He goes, "I'll give you weekends off." I'm, I never had weekends off. I goes, "You you love it." He goes, "Well, if you, if, if if you don't come, I'm going to pull you anyway." So. <laughs> and I ended up loving, and I ended up loving it anyway. It was great. It was great. It led to different things. It led to teaching at John Jay. You know, it, it just makes you a better presenter. So that was good. Yeah. Um, so how do you get these gigs on the Fox? Like, well, how does that even happen? Because you, I noticed, if you go to your, I should have um, taken a picture of your uh, of your website and put it up here. I apologize because. You have no so words. many TV, so many, oh, so many TV uh, contributions. Like you're, you got like a whole rack of TV yeah. appearances. I give all credit to our John J. Media guy, Rich. Uh, mm -hmm. he, he 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 reaches out to me, to Joe Jackalone, who you had before, and yeah, they just want somebody that's prior. Uh, law enforcement and is a professor at John Jay. And uh, I never turn anything down. Uh, th that's the rule. Uh, I don't care if it's something I've never heard of before. I just do it. I do everything because I see it as practice. So um, mm -hmm. yeah. And after a while, they just reach out to you on, they had you before like Mary Murphy just reaches out to me. She just messages me. Hey, can you mm -hmm. talk on this? She, she just circumvents the whole John Jay thing, but I owe it all to John Jay. John Jay does a lot of uh, media relations. So. Yeah, Bill gets stuff, and Angel is always on Fox as well. Angel is awesome. I'm surprised Angel's not here. I'm a, I don't know if he knows that. I'm a big fan of Angel's. Yeah, Angel has a lot of fans, man. Yeah, dude. I, I love how outspoken he is mm -hmm. and how brave he is. Uh, yeah, and he makes a lot of sense. He might not – a lot of people might not agree with him, but mm -hmm. he makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Hey, listen, I, sh I know how to pick him, brother. Yeah. That's going to be my um... – <laughs> it's funny because you're like the calm one you have to like reel him in i was watching mondays you're like okay enough of the f-bombs i like look at mayo being the adult <laughs> yeah listen you know god bless him when you're that opinionated he's passionate you know you uh i'm not i'm not that really outspoken man and you know what i've, I've realized that most of the time i don't know um uh, enough to um to like really comment on stuff like really uh get into an argument and the other thing is i have a very violent temper so um if i don't like what you're saying i'll just smack you in your fucking head and i'm just <laughs> i don't believe you i've never seen no. you violent ever never <laughs> but um yeah so uh yeah i i like to pull i like to get people's opinions on stuff and let them like let them go go crazy i like that yeah of course you know so are you working on anything, a book or something like that? You should have, you got a book in you. I do have a book in me, but no, I'm not working on it. Lots of people have asked me about it. If I could find a ghost writer, anybody um, watching that wants to write me and Mayo's story, hit us up. We have a lot of uh, experience, a lot of things to talk about. Yeah, but even for your, uh, uh, I would imagine you're going for your master's right now. Did you get that already? No. Oh, you're not going to get that? Don't even have the bachelor's. Yes, you do, you liar. <laughs> do you have the master's already? Yes. Okay, good. So I would have you not the PhD though, right? 
No, I don't have time for that. They were trying yeah, you're to re- do it. Listen, they were listen. trying to recruit me for that when you're do- when you're doing your masters. So yeah, you're gonna do it. You're Filipino. You have to do it. There's no way you're going to your grave without a PhD. You know, yeah. my father told me, and I never listened to my dad. He goes, "You don't need that." I said, "You're right, Dad. This is the first time I'm listening uh-huh. to you." Uh-huh. But you get to uh, you get to get that you know write that book and they put it in the archives over there in Washington, someplace that nobody ever goes to. Remember, you used to tell me about your neighbor. To, I don't know if it was a neighbor or a family friend, a Filipino guy, and you know what I'm talking about because you you would imitate him with the perfect accent. I'm just sitting here watching TV. No, you didn't say TV. Yeah, that's what he used to say. I'm just no. sitting here watching. I say, hey, I used to say, hey, Andy, what are you doing? I'm just sitting here watching TV. No, you said he goes. I thought you said I'm just here watching television. Oh no, no, it was TV. No, I can't. Really? I can't do the television. <laughs> no, that would be too. I'm just sitting. I here thought that was so TV. good. I thought that was so good. Yeah, man. Yeah, I know that you are definitely. Uh, it's it's a. You, you were so precise on everything. Like I remember if I messed up on my on something that I was doing and I, I thought it was perfect, I'd always get you to proofread it because you'd be like, well, what about this? And I'm like, oh, my God. Wow. Thank God. I I, um, <laughs> I had you look at it. Let's go to the to the chat and see what the people are talking about. Uh, I'll go back a few. All right. Uh Mark's love, Mark's loving that nothing that we are hearing or seeing. Yeah, man. Listen, man. Uh, I, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I thought it was gonna work. Uh, Kim Al Alliston, Hailey Perry. Yes, I, mean, I don't know what that is. It's called CRS. What's called CRS? I even forgot. Crisis. Can't remember shit. Oh, really? That's that's you. Yeah. <laughs> you are fried. <laughs> I mean, I know that. What? This you is what she was to, You're the one who's fried. You can't remember. I, that. I, I It was one of the biggest days of my life. You didn't even remember it. I you were don't. so helpful. You were so helpful to me. Well, I'm glad I, you think. I, I'm glad you think I was very helpful. It wasn't. I me. remember it. I remember details, brother. Only on right. things that, that are important. I couldn't tell you who won the Super Bowl last year, and I watched it. No year before that, and year. <laughs> no, but I could tell you intimate deals. Um, let me see. All right, so um, what else do we got? I don't know. I think we covered it all. I have um, June 18th. I'm going to be at, um, what is it, Governors in Bohemia. So if you live in Long Island and you want to come out there, I'm going to put up the flyer next week. And um, this Saturday, Friday, I'm going to be, tomorrow night, I'm going to be at the Eastville Comedy Club in Brooklyn, which is down the block from, um, from the Barclays Center, about a half a mile away. You want to come? Bob, you're in Pennsylvania. Uh, uh, you know what? The next time I'm in Pennsylvania, I'll let you know. Yeah, but I'm always I'm always in the city, like in the weekends. I'm always going to visit the kids and the grandkids. So mm-hmm. I'm always there in the weekends. Maybe I'll do the Bohemia one in Long Island. Really? That one's a pain in the ass to get to, by the way. I know. Yeah, that was in, all the way in Suffolk County. Remember when you used to run your 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 jokes on me early in the morning? Like, uh-huh. really? Uh-huh. And you're you're doing it, and I'm doing my best to try to, you know, it's like five five thirty in the morning, uh-huh. and you're you're just telling me the jokes, and they were good, the material's good, but it's five thirty in the morning. I probably didn't have coffee, and you started noticing I would start nodding off. It goes, okay, you're not ready. <laughs> you just take off. You come back do, later. Do you remember? Um, like you said, we started very early, like five five o'clock, five thirty in the morning, mm-hmm. and we we worked with a guy, Marcus, 
and uh, I could I could do Marcus's walk, and I had a theme song for Marcus, and then I would um, do Marcus <laughs> playing baseball, Marcus playing basketball, Marcus, and uh, <laughs> Marcus didn't like it at all. <laughs> I remember he stopped talking to me for, but he was laughing during the whole thing. He's good. And we were crying. Everybody was on the floor. Bozeman, Sergeant Bozeman, on the floor crying. Doing, <laughs> Marcus doing the jump shot. And um, <laughs> I every, remember that. I remember yeah, everybody's that. crying, laughing, and uh, and he laughed. And then he, I guess, later on, it got to him, and he got pissed. And well, remember, if you to, smack him around enough, you know, he, he was he was a good guy. Oh, I love him. But, but remember, He's, he would test you. When you were new to the unit, remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had that book. So <laughs> on his desk, every time that boss would come into the room, you know, if you're not doing anything, if I'm reading the paper and they have something that need done, they're going to be like, hey, Mayo, I need some. Come over here. Can you run these copies or can you look this guy up? Can you run this report for me? And, like, they never go to Marcus because every time Marcus saw – he had that best seat in the room to see the boss when he's coming in. And any time the boss would see him, Marcus would be in that book, this he's huge book. But he never was reading anything. He would just look at it and look at the computer. So, And I caught him one day, and I said in the office, I said, you know, out of all the scammers in the police department, we're the best because look at what we do here. And I said, out of, out of the best scammers in the police department, you're the best. <laughs> and then when he left, remember when he got transferred? He took his book. He left his, uh, that big book on my desk. He so gifted to you. Yeah, yeah, so I could use it. <laughs> I, I think Marcus was very fond of you. Yeah, listen, I was fond of him too. I was fond of everybody. Yeah. You know, as a matter of fact, that uh, that screenplay I, I, I'm uh, working on, um, you know, you got a part in there and, and Marcus is in there and Marcus, uh, the op one of the opening scenes is with the pens. You know, that we had the homicide. We sure. used to have these pens that we used to give out to the homicide speakers. Yeah. And it was... um. When you when you had the uh, the opportunity to co coordinate the case, ba uh, course, basically putting everything together, calling up all the speakers, figuring out a schedule, lining up the food, you were in charge of doing all coordinated, and the other people were your helpers. Yeah. So I was going over to the uh, the to the police uh, one police plaza to get the pens to get to the speakers, and mm -hmm. they were nice pens. They came in a box, and when the speaker was done, you'd give it to them. But right. you could also give the extra pens out to, um, you know, people that helped you along the way, sure. you know, yeah. or people that you wanted to, you know, to hook up, you know, sure. And, uh, when I, when the pens came back, I was supposed to have 40 because Marcus says, no, no, I'll get them. I'm going to one PP right now. Anyway, I'll pick them up for you. When I get mm -hmm. them back, there was like 36. <laughs> so I'm like, yo, Marcus, where are the other pens? What are you talking <laughs> about? There's only 36 pens here. Oh, I said, where, where'd they go? Oh, uh, yeah, I just gave one to uh, the guy because there was a guy and he used to get us the movies. Remember that guy? I gave Wait. one to him. Okay. okay. You know, he, used to, he used to get the uh, like movie releases, whatever. So he he gave it to that guy. That guy was a connection for, for me to make my connection. And he gave it to <laughs> that. I said, what, the f what are you doing, bro? So I made him go back to one police plaza and get my pen back. And he had to get all four. Well, I didn't make him do it. He suggested, oh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go go back and get him. So we had to go to all four people, get that pen back, and bring it back to me. Uh, that's the kind of, Yeah, that's the kind of bullshit that we, we used to do over there. That's funny. Yeah. I don't remember yeah. any of that. I you know. You blocked a lot of Well, you had 30 years on the job. I'm fried. Yeah. I'm fried. Little Mermaid, Louis, Louisa, which beach did you go to? Oh, they're talking about beaches over here. Speaking of beaches, man, I went to uh, Long Beach. 
I was in Long Beach last weekend. Yeah, me too. How long did it take you to find the parking spot? Well, my friend lives there. So <laughs> she yeah, that's had a spot. nice. That's yeah. nice, man. When you're looking for a spot, man, you could freaking. Oof. It's a nightmare. I know. Yeah. yeah. I know. And uh, you don't want to. You don't want to like put your car anywhere bad. I remember one time I was in uh, Montauk last summer, and I parked in this uh, space where somebody told me it's good. It was in a parking lot. And they gave me a hundred and seventy-five, no, hundred and ninety-dollar ticket. Wow! Can you believe that? That's insane. One day at the beach cost me a hundred and ninety dollars. Yeah, yeah. But Long Beach is nice. That's the beach to go to. Yeah, yeah. Jones Beach. I don't know if I can do it anymore. I Plus mean, it's it was further out. Yeah. What? It's a little I, further out. Yeah, I saw uh, this guy. Uh, last time I went to uh, Jones Beach, this guy was DJing there. Mm-hmm. But not at like the that little restaurant or like he was like he had brought all his equipment, you know. Like, well, people don't know about what well, some people probably don't know about Long Beach. You got to pay for a pass to go into the beach. You can't just yeah. walk in there. I know. You know. know. Yeah, it's fifteen dollars. Yeah, that's 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 a big nut. Makes it a little bit more exclusive, you know. Yeah, so. that's how they keep out keep out the riffraff. That's it. That's it. <laughs> they want to keep them Filipinos to a minimal. Yeah, uh, Scott Wagner was he in? Uh, hostage negotiation team. Yes, he was. I didn't even know that. I just so, know that. Which class? Uh, Scott says oh. he was in number 14. Oh, no, it was way after that, Scott. Uh, I mean, Jack Cambria trained me. It was Cambria and, um, oh, God, I forget the sergeant's name, but I think it was one of Cambria's last classes. Milwaukee civilian, did you and Michael work together in the warrants? What was the no. coolest bus? No, I didn't work with uh, Mike and Warrants. I, we worked together in the training unit. And war- what was the coolest bus in Warrants? Um, there was so many good times in Warrants, man. I can't even uh, begin to tell you um, some of the funniest things. I'll tell you one story. We had this guy in a warrant once, and we went to his house to pick him up. And we're going through. Uh, it was it was like a you know two two story house, and. I noticed there's quite a few kids there, and uh, the wife, she's not giving them up. But we go all the way upstairs, and I open this bedroom, and I see a bed. And the bed, there was a big bump in it. Like, the guy was in between the mat- uh, in between the mattresses, <laughs> right? And it was so obvious. Like, <laughs> he tried. Like, it was a big bump. So I went, and I told my partner, and I sat on the bump. <laughs> and then I started talking and I banged on the back. I wonder where this guy could be. And I kept banging <laughs> on the thing. And then finally, like the guy underneath there is, I, I can't re-. So um, we got him out and uh, we laughed about the whole thing. We brought him back to court. Turns out the guy was great. It was um, it was something over a, a money, like a restitution that he owed. But it was a significant amount of money, which he couldn't afford. And the way he got out of it all the time was he'd tell the honor, your honor. I got seven kids, man. And then the the judge would look at me and say, yeah, he, he has seven kids. And uh, we used to pick him up almost once religiously, like once a month, every uh, two months, pick him up. Mm-hmm. And it was another number you put in the book, man. It was a ground ball. Yeah. So one day we go to pick him up, and the guy's not there anymore. And we're like, what, what do you mean he's not here? Like they moved. The whole family moved. I'm like, where did they move? And the guy goes, oh, I don't know. It's somewhere like down the block or two blocks away around the corner. And I went in the middle of, you know, Queens. Like, 
Jamaica. There's a, a hundred houses on each street. Mm-hmm. But I told the guy I was with, I said, you know what? Let's just take a slow ride around the block and let's just see. And we're driving and I see this guy with a Verizon truck and he's hooking up the cable. Uh, one of these cable trucks, he's hooking up the cable. I said, that's the guy's house right there. They're getting their cable in his office. <laughs> Pull over. So I go up to the guy and he's in the, in the box like this. I says, hey, man, who are you doing this for? And he goes, uh, oh, it's a new family that moved in. I said, does he have a lot of kids? He goes, yeah, he's got a lot of kids. <laughs> I go through the door. Oh, sorry, what's up, brother? He goes, oh, man, how'd you find me? <laughs> oh, poor guy. He's yeah, just yeah, trying yeah. to get his cable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. And we, we had this big girl once, man. And she, uh, we, she used to tell me, oh, can you come back in an hour? I, you know, because she had to, get, you know, wash up and stuff. And the father goes, yeah, she's a big girl. It takes the time to clean up, you know? And uh, on the way out, she said, could I have something to drink? I said, yeah, go ahead. And she had this, it was a, she goes in the fridge. There's a gallon of milk in there. There's mm. about a half, half a gallon left. She's like, goo, 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 goo. <laughs> and just finishes the whole thing and puts it down. All right, I'm ready to go. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeah, those are uh, Ruth Ann Griffin. Good one, Mark. Any funny stories you want to end in? We're over, one. aren't we way over? Now we're 101. Uh, I don't know. I got a ton of stories. I just can't think of anything right now. I did do undercover work uh, for uh, your friend that he wanted to know what I did. So I was an undercover for five years. Yeah. Um, Drugs? Vice. Oh, wow. Well, yeah, That's a yeah, whole other that. show. Yeah. That's that. a whole other show. You bring me back. We'll talk about Vice for an hour. I know. I completely forgot to ask you about that. It's All okay. right. Well, well I'm going to have you back. Yes, sir. Uh, folks, thanks for tuning in. I'll be back Monday night with uh, with Angel, and that show is called uh, The Week in Policing. No, The Week in Crime and Policing. I never, ever get that right. <laughs> the Week in Crime and Policing. And uh, thank you, Mike, for joining me tonight. I had a My great pleasure. time. Thank I'm you, really, sir. I'm happy that I had an opportunity to tell you what you did for me, even though you didn't remember it at all. I don't remember it. <laughs> All right, folks. I'll see you Monday. Have a have a great weekend. God bless. And if you're in Brooklyn and you want to come to a show, hit me up. All right. Bye bye. Later, brother. Later. Wait, no, wait, wait. Don't leave. Nope.